We'll get to episode 207 in just a moment, but before we do, I'd like to ask for your support of I Can't See You. When you need to make a purchase at Amazon.com this holiday season, I would really appreciate it if you went via my affiliate link. That's ICan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. That'll take you to the Amazon.com homepage. Shop as you normally do. Check out as you normally do. I earn a small commission, usually between 3 and 10%, and I would really appreciate it. Again, that's ICan'tSeeYou.com slash Amazon. Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 207 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode. And if you're in the United States, happy Thanksgiving to you. Let's jump right into fantasy football. I'll be brief. Not that anybody has texted or emailed or called and said STFU on the fantasy football, but so I'll be a little bit brief. I went one and one last week. The Minnesota Vikings absolute dud against the Cowboys really screwed me over. And so I lost in the all-blind league where I have Justin Jefferson, who usually puts up a lot of points for me. I did win in the Frenemies League, so I remain on the top of the table of the all-blind division, and I am second overall in that league, uh, but that is in two divisions. The all-blind league itself, we only have one division. Uh, So one and one last week. I'm off to a decent start on both sides this week, but of course, it's just the beginning today. Fantasy hockey, I did okay and I dropped a spot. (laughs) So I'm in fourth overall. Uh, I'm really getting into that, even though I really have no idea who the players are. Uh, I was thinking back, and when I I hear a name that I recognize, I think, man, that guy must be really old. (laughs) So it was fun to talk fantasy football and a bunch of other things. We were at a friend's house last night every year. Our friends Mark and Jen have something the day before Thanksgiving, and it was great to get together with them and all the folks that we Usually only see that one time a year. Sometimes we see Mark and Jen at other times, but as busy as things are for everybody, it's not as frequently as we used to see each other. In fact, Mark and I used to go to many a flyer game together, and uh, it's kind of sad that we don't anymore. But uh, as I was saying to them last night, the last Flyers game I was at against the Rangers a few years ago, it was so intense, (laughs) and I was so exhausted by the end of the game not from the play, and the Flyers beat the Rangers that day, just from the constant bombardment of lights and the music during the stoppages. They always had the music during the stoppages, but it just seems like it increased, or or maybe it's because I'm getting old. Maybe that was it too. But even during the intermissions, there was There was always something going on, and there just wasn't a second of downtime. It kind of reminded me of like going to a Portugal the Man concert where it was just nonstop. It was just intense, and by the time they finished their set, you just wanted to sit down and say, whew. We talked about that last night as well as a bunch of other things, of course, and it was just great to get together with folks and... uh, I guess I shouldn't say that I hadn't been together with people for a long time because it was only a week ago I was in Pittsburgh and with a lot of my blind friends. And 
none of my friends at Mark and Jen's are blind. And um, so sometimes that gets into interesting conversations of, for example, somebody said, you went there on your own when I told them about New York or when I told them about Pittsburgh. And um, it's just interesting. And it's interesting to let folks know that for the same reason I have this podcast, just because I'm blind or can't see or whatever you want to call it, doesn't mean I'm going to sit around waiting for something to happen, which kind of brings me to (laughs) the predominant theme of today's episode. And it started out my, on Monday, which was my birthday, and Nick's birthday too, which I talked about last week. And, and thank you for everyone who called and texted and messaged me on Facebook or wherever. Uh, birthday wishes, I really do appreciate it. I got a lot, and uh, I'm very thankful for all those, ironically, since today is Thanksgiving. That is one thing I was very thankful for on, on Monday, getting all the birthday wishes. Uh, and I felt it felt very special, uh, everybody that reached out to me. So thank you. Uh, for everyone who did. But it started, my birthday started early because I scheduled, maybe I was dumb because, uh, and I'll get to it in a a second. Um, I scheduled it for 8.20 in the morning and I usually don't get up until about 8.30 each morning. And because of that, when I get up at 8.30, my schedule is pretty good because I I usually go to bed sometime in the three o'clock hour and that gives me plenty of time you know, to sleep. I usually try to get four and a half hours sleep. Uh, if I'm really tired, I will go to bed an hour and a half earlier than that. So let's say 2.30, so I get six hours of sleep. I don't know. I read something once that the best times to sleep, it was four and a half hours, um, six hours, seven and a half hours, and so forth. And I don't know why it went in those hour and a half increments. I don't know why. But it said if you got this amount of sleep, you would feel ready to get up once your alarm went off. And it's, it's pretty true. I usually am ready to get out of bed. Now, sometimes there's a problem because I'll check my phone before I get into the shower and something crazy has happened. Somebody's texted me or somebody's called me. Last week, I got a call one day that <laughs> has, has stopped me from getting in the shower for about uh, 45 minutes to an hour for some important work. And it really was (laughs) important work. So my birthday started off in media when I went to see my glaucoma specialist. And I didn't really know what to expect because I'd been having difficulty, as I've talked about off and on for the last couple of months here, since I had the cornea transplant, things were going great. And then I started that medicine called Stellara, for my psoriatic arthritis. And it seemed like after I took the second dose of that, the second of the two starter doses, which are taken four weeks apart, my vision just started to go funny. And it might just be a coincidence that it was happening at the same time I took that second dose. But everything else was the same. There there wasn't anything else going on that would make me think, oh, this is why my vision was going a little wacky. And so since then, I had gone to both my cornea specialist who did the transplant, and I may have gone to him more than once, and I also went to see my glaucoma specialist. His name is Dr. Pro. And when I saw him, he told me I had hypotony, which is low interocular pressure. And at the time, my pressure was four. Well, when I went on Monday, my pressure was three, which I found that out after I had gotten going, with the rest of the appointment. First, I 
had to read the eye chart, which when Alice, who was the person doing all this stuff at the beginning, she first said, okay, do you see my finger? And she waved, uh, I don't remember what it was, one or two fingers in front of me. And I saw it and she had a black mask on. It was nice because the contrast between her fingers and the darkness of the mask made it easy for me to see. And as I've probably mentioned before, it is much easier for me to read or see something that is light on a dark background than vice versa. I have my computer screen reversed. If there's any chance that I'm going to read on that, it has to be reversed. I just can't see it when it's uh, white, a white background. Just like I mentioned before, I don't watch hockey much on TV because of the glare from everything coming off the TV from the, uh, the ice. So she then took a step back and she changed her number of fingers. And I read those. And at about three or so feet, she put up a couple of fingers. I said, yes. You know, I said, I see them. It's however many it was. And I think it was two. I don't remember. And up on the screen, I said, could you put up the 2400 line? So she put it up. And I, and I think I asked for, could, I said, could you put the big E up? And she said, well, I don't know if I have the E. I said, well, it doesn't matter. I misspoke. Just could you put the 2400 line up? And she did. And it was a V, and I could see it. She then put another one up, and it was round, <laughs> and I couldn't make out what it was. I think I guessed O, and I think it was a D. I don't remember what it was. But when there's a hard angle, like on a V or an L or a T, and I don't know that I've ever seen a T on a, one of these eye charts, um, it's easy for me to see the hard angles, G, D, O, C, things like that. Very, it's, I'm basically guessing. I know it's one of those letters, or maybe I can tell it's one of those letters, but it's not, it's not doable for me. She then went to the 2350 line. And again, one of the letters was a hard angle. And I think it was an L. I don't remember. I think it was an L. The next one was a round one. And I don't remember what it was, but I didn't get that one right. So I got half of that line. So when the doctor came in and we went over everything, he took a look and took my pressure. And the pressure in my right eye was actually pretty good. It was only 15. The last few times that I had had it taken... And it's what Dr. Ayers calls the random number generator. It's those, it's a little device that they, that's handheld that they just kind of put in the middle of your eye and it kind of reads, it spits out a number. I don't know how it works, but it's not the one where you put your chin in and they put the circle with the blue light and they put that up on your eye and then they get a reading a different way there. Uh, the one where you put your chin in the machine and they do it that way, that is more accurate. And so the fact that Dr. Pro was able to get a number using this machine and it was only 15, and again, I don't know why I'm so concerned about it, only because I don't want to have to have, even though I don't have any sight in it, there, there could be great pain caused by glaucoma in it. And then I would have to, of course, have yet another surgery. And I don't remember what the score is between my two eyes. I know when I was a kid, when I was at around 10 surgeries, they were pretty even. And I guess since then, that eye has 
just not really been worth doing anything to. I've got some crazy cataract growing in there. Of course, never going to take that out. There's just no point to it. I don't have sight in it. Why would you take it out and do, do that? And whenever you do any kind of surgery to an eye, it destabilizes it. And when an eye is destabilized and you have glaucoma, it could set the glaucoma doing all sorts of crazy stuff and then need glaucoma surgery or who knows what else. And if it doesn't hurt, it's kind of like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, it's broken terribly, but there's no way of fixing it. <laughs> so we're not doing anything to it. When we started talking about my left eye, which is the quote unquote good one <laughs> that could read uh, fingers at three feet, uh, or the hard angled letters at <laughs> 20 over 400 or even over to 20 over 350. If it's, if it's the right letter, I can read it at 2350. So I guess I have that going for me. <laughs> so we talked about my options. And one of the things that Dr. Pro had mentioned, I had never heard mentioned to me before. And I, I don't know if I just didn't remember or I didn't hear it from one of them, but he thinks that both Dr. Garg, who is my retina specialist, and Dr. Ayers had talked to me about it or mentioned it to me. And that is something called myopic degeneration. I've since looked it up, and it's also called, which I think this was a cool name, pathological myopia. I know some people have called me pathological other things, but I've never heard pathological myopia before. It's also nearsightedness or short-sightedness. And I, again, I've been told that I was short-sighted, but not for this. I mean, I know for this too, but... So when he, when he mentioned that, I was kind of surprised and I asked him what that was. And he went through and explained it. And I'll have a link. I'm not going to go through it now here because there's some big words that I know I will butcher. So I will have the University of Michigan had something good. So I'll link to that, which explains it uh, in the show notes. And basically what it is that after being low vision for so long, it just continues to get worse. It is one of the number one causes of legal blindness. And again, legal blindness is anything 20 over 200 or worse that can't be corrected with normal visions, sorry, normal glasses. With technology today, that line is becoming, I hate to say it, blurred, <laughs> Because there are things that you can use now that may enable you to see it's not something normal. And I don't think going out and buying four or $5,000 special glasses or devices to help you read should still be considered normal glasses. But it's getting to the point where one day maybe that definition is tweaked a little bit because of technology. And... We'll just have to wait and see, I guess. So after hearing that I have this, and I, I said to him, I don't ever remember anybody saying this to me. And he said, well, it's something, and it's it's just something that you're not, you just can't correct. It's just something that it just keeps happening. Same thing with glaucoma. The glaucoma, even when the eye pressure is low, especially low like mine, like I said, at three, it can still get worse. The glaucoma can still do damage. And again, for those that don't know, the higher the pressure, when your pressure goes up, your interocular pressure, there are these pressure spikes that hit on the optic nerve and take away sight. It can't be fixed. Once that sight, once that optic nerve is damaged, 
It can't be fixed. And of course, there's, again, with technology and the way medicine is working, and I've been hoping for this since I was a little kid, it would be great one day if that can be fixed with stem cells or whatever. And again, when I was a kid, nobody knew what a stem cell was. Now, a lot of people talk about it. And I've heard some horror stories of people that have tried. And as I've mentioned here, I know many episodes ago, would I take a chance on something like that if the outcome would be much better vision? And I always said I would. And I think that's everybody's thing that's in the same boat. They would take a chance. So we talked about both the myopic degeneration and the glaucoma. And again, the, even at, at three, the, there could still be damage happening just at a much slower rate. So the bottom line that I took away, and, and I said this to him, I said, more than likely, one day I will not see anything depending on how long I live. And again, it was on my birthday, so that, so that's already on my mind. And I kept thinking back to the exchange of text messages that I had a few days earlier with Nick D'Ambrosio when we were talking about his issues that I mentioned last week. And I just kept thinking of what he said. And he said to me, take advantage of life, Dave. You never know when it's your turn. And I just kept thinking about that. So it also reminded me of a scene in City Slickers. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, it's an old Billy Crystal movie from back in the, I think it was mid-80s, late-80s. Um, very funny movie. I loved it. It was one of my favorites. We used to watch it every year on New Year's Eve, uh, the first few years it came out. And uh, it just reminded me of that because it, it there's a scene in the movie where it was his birthday and he's thinking about his life and... So the other day, after all this went down, and I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, okay, I'm 58. If I have as many birthdays as my parents, my dad lived to 94, so that would give me 36 more birthdays. My mom lived to 90, so that's 32 more birthdays. You've got to discount some of those because they're not going to be good ones. You're going to be old. You're going to be achy. You're not going to want to do stuff. So maybe I have 20 or 25, year, 25 years of birthdays that may be where well, you're still going pretty good. And again, there's, you know, I got other issues, as I've talked about here, the psoriatic arthritis and whatnot. And I said to Liz when we were coming home from dinner that night, I said, listen, I said, I don't know how many more I've got good ones left, but we're going to start doing something. I'm not going to sit around the house all day, all week, uh, waiting for something to happen. We're going to have to make it happen. And it started off with me telling Jane that she's going to have to work from home for a few weeks over the summer or late spring or whenever. And I guess we could figure out what the best times for her to do it would be with her work schedule, making sure there's no events and things that she can do it remotely for a few weeks so she can take care of Ziggy while Liz and I go wherever it is to Spain to look for a house to France or Italy to look for a house, just to go somewhere and do something that we have never done. When we had the doctors on White Canes Connect, the guys who spoke at the NFB of Pennsylvania State Convention a few weeks ago, when we had them on White Canes Connect, when we were talking afterwards, 
we were talking about aurora borealis, and one of them was telling me that there are trips that go to, I, I don't remember where he said, I think it was Sweden. Uh, I've also, I had mentioned Iceland because I had heard uh, in November-ish was a good time to go for that. And he said he had a colleague that was going, that usually took a trip. I think, again, I think it was Sweden, not 100%. While I have some usable vision, I would love to try and see that. And I don't know, th that would be a lot of money to spend <laughs> to get there to have somebody have to describe it to me and not actually see it on my own. I I've seen a lot of flashes of light in my eyes <laughs> over the years, whether it was my retina detaching or a doctor, you know, sticking some sort of light in there to have a look around um, or dilating. And if you've never had this done, it is excruciating, at least to me. They dilate your eye and then have this bright light and then put a magnifying glass in front of that light to make it even brighter. It's like looking into the sun. And uh, it's, it's not a fun experience. Again, maybe if you've got nothing wrong, maybe it's not that big a deal. To me, it was, it was awful. So I want to start doing stuff like that. And I, it's just not going to happen unless I make it happen. It's not just going to... Not just my dad always told me, you can't just wait around. Nothing's going to happen unless you make it happen. And I remember him telling me that when we were talking about getting a Ticketron machine, if you remember those from back in the day, that was a predecessor to Ticketmaster. I don't think they were related. I think in the end, I think Ticketmaster bought Ticketron. But I remember speaking with my dad and our accountant at the time, and he said, oh, you should look into getting one. Brings a lot of foot traffic in. You don't make a lot on the tickets, but it brings foot traffic in. And when tickets go on sale, you might sell sodas and you might sell some other stuff. You might rent more movies if people are local. So we talked about it, and within a few days, Someone from Ticketmaster, I'm sorry, someone from Ticketron had come into the store to see if I'd be interested in having a machine. And when this girl left, her name was Judy. When Judy left, I immediately called the accountant and I said, did you call Ticketron to have them stop in? He, he's like, what are you talking about? We just talked about that the other day. And I said, yeah, I know, but they came in. And he, and he started laughing. And then I called my dad and I said the same thing. And he thought it was funny. I knew my dad didn't call anybody. So that was the only time that I didn't do anything and something happened on its own. <laughs> and I always think back to that because my dad always said, you can't, can't wait around for something to happen. You have to make it happen. So I said to Liz the other day, we've got to make it happen. It's, not, it's just not going to happen on its own. And um, I had something scheduled to talk to someone in Spain about property there. Um, honestly, as I said to Liz, it almost seems like a no-brainer to look – if we're looking to move somewhere that's affordable, anywhere in Europe is a buy because of the I, – I don't even want to say parity now because the dollar is stronger than the euro now. The dollar is, is – um, the last time I checked, it was uh, 97 cents bought you a euro. And when we first started thinking about looking in Spain, France, Italy, along the Mediterranean, I want to say it was $1.18 bought you a euro. So obviously that's a pretty big swing, so a pretty good deal. So it's much more affordable now. And of course, the cost of living there in general 
uh, especially Spain. I don't know about France. Spain and Italy are much uh, much better on the budget than uh, than France. So we had a call scheduled, and that got canceled for for one reason or another, not on my end. And um, so next week we're supposed to have a call for that. So it's just something that. After talking to Nick, going back and forth with Nick and Nick saying that, and then hearing about this stuff that went on at my appointment made me start to think, you know what, it's not going to be long before I can't see just about anything. And along that note, and I know I'd mentioned it last week, it's Black Friday tomorrow. At some point this weekend, I will probably buy a Windows based machine, which I can't even believe I'm saying that out loud again. <laughs> I never thought I would buy one in my life. I never thought I'd buy another one. Uh, but I was talking to Brian Fischler, and he thought that was a good idea. He suggested Lenovo. So I'm looking there, um, and obviously you can get them at a lot of places, Best Buy, Micro Center, things like that. So, so I'm going to have one of those, and then hopefully I can get the Bureau of blindness and visual services to get me a version of JAWS, whether it's the yearly license or they can get me the lifetime license, uh, that would be outstanding. And it's if I have to pay for it, it's not ideal, but it's not like it used to be. It used to be $1,000. And, uh, <laughs> and that was the only way you could buy it. Now you can do a licensing thing where it's $100 a year. So I guess if you have it for 10 years, you're still spending the 1000 but there were no payment options. It was $1,000, and you got it. They didn't say you can pay $100 here and $100 there. It was 1000 bucks. So one way or another, um, hopefully within the, next, within the next few weeks, I'll have all that, and then I will have to relearn it because I learned the basics of it like I said last episode, uh, back in 2014 at CBVI in Chester. And I'm hoping, again, using everything as an opportunity to create content, <laughs> I'm hoping that whoever I learn JAWS from, I can record the sessions and we can create more likely for White Canes Connect because I don't think many of you would want to learn JAWS uh, because again, my audience, when I started this podcast, was primarily to show sighted folks that blind people can do things. Uh, to learn how to use a computer a different way, I don't know how exciting that would be for anybody. It, may, it might not be exciting to anybody. But I'm hoping that when I do learn JAWS, it would be a way for other people to learn along the way, figuring that we could do short episodes of 15 minutes or so to learn one or two tasks and how to do things. And then somebody who wasn't me, who was listening to an episode, could then go and practice that until they go to the next episode. So we'll see how that goes. But that's that's my goal. And I thought if I do that, that means I could travel with that computer. And then I would be able to record my podcast on that computer or at least edit it on that computer. Now, I've since found out that Lipson, who I host my podcasts with, has a way of going into their website and actually creating the podcast within their website. And I'll have to check that out. I don't know how easy it would be for me to see to use it. But once I learn JAWS, I'll also have to see if I can use JAWS to figure out how to use it that way and edit it and whatnot. Because I cannot... <laughs> 
I've gotten tougher as I've got as I've done more episodes. 207 episodes in, I am more picky on what I keep and what I cut. At the beginning, I never cut anything unless I coughed or sneezed or whatever. And back then, I used to just pause if I had to cough. Now I just let the thing run and I edit. And it does take a little bit longer when I do it that way, but I get more stuff out. I say it and then when I'm going through the episode, if they say, "Ah, I don't like what I said there, I chop it. So that's my goal. That's my plan. And, you know, I know it's coming and I don't want to waste time not doing anything. And it was kind of hammered home last night when we were at our friend's house. My one friend uh, recently bought a, uh, and he said, maybe it's a midlife crisis thing. He bought a used Porsche, which is very, very nice. It was a convertible. I don't, I don't know what model it was, but it was a convertible, uh, very cool. Uh, it was my friend Mark, and we used to go to when we went to the Flyers games, like I mentioned earlier in this episode. He had a Saturn, and it was just great. There's this one section of road coming home from the games where Interstate 95 and I 476 come together, and we would get off on 476. There's this turn, and he would do this turn, and it just felt great. It reminded me of Pretty Woman, corners like it's on rails. And it just felt outstanding going around that turn uh, as we headed home. Uh, So that was a lot of fun. And then another one of the friends who were there, they were talking about how they bought a house down the shore. And again, like I've mentioned 8 million times here, uh, I would love to have and live somewhere in a beach town or city. So hearing that and then thinking about what Nick said and thinking about what the doctor said, it's just time. It's just time to do something And I've got to get off my butt to make sure I can learn all that stuff and get everything going so that come next, late next spring or next summer, we can go to wherever. Figuring Spain because cost of living in Spain, like I said, is less. Um, I don't, you know, Liz and I both don't speak it, but if we go, I don't want to learn a language. I don't want to start learning Spanish. And then we go to Spain and say, oh, we don't like it here. And then figure we end up in Italy or we end up in France. I guess it doesn't hurt if you take a couple of months of Spanish. You could still use it here at least. And maybe we'll just go someplace in the US. I don't know. Maybe we'll figure, you know what, that's too much of a leap for us and it's not going to work. So that will be a journey. And again, that's that's another opportunity to create content. One other thing I wanted to touch on, um, <laughs> and one of the things the doctor said to me before I move on, he said, the cornea looks great. And I started to laugh. And he said, Dr. Ayers will let you know when you see him again. I, I said, oh, I see him next week. I go to him on December 2nd. And he, <laughs> and I started laughing. So I'm interested to see what uh, what Dr. Ayer says next week. After we went to the doctor's appointment, we stopped over our former neighbor's house at, uh, in media because, again, my appointment was in media. And we picked up some mail that had been sent from Maris Grove, where my mom lived uh, her last, uh, I don't know, 13 years. And they sent this newsletter that uh, from a Jewish organization. Why they forwarded it, to us and why they sent it to that address over the old address in Swarthmore before we moved to the house where Studio B is. Remember, we had that condo where Studio C was. 
And why they didn't send it to that, I don't know, but whatever, we didn't need it. And it was a shame that they spent the $2.60 to drop that in an envelope and mail it to us because it's it's just not important. And it, it <laughs> I, I don't even know that my mom read it uh, the last few years of her life. I don't think she had an interest in it. So that was kind of funny. But it, uh, when we were at our neighbors catching up, Lisa said to me, who schedules a doctor's appointment on their birthday? I said, I did. I wanted to make sure I got out of bed and enjoyed the, <laughs> enjoyed the whole day. And it kind of made it a little rushed because there were, you know, it was we were all thrown off be, because getting out early and doing things. Ziggy was cooped up in the cage for a little bit while we were out and so forth. So it was just kind of funny. But it was nice to catch up with Mike and Lisa, our former neighbors over there. Like I said, that wasn't the only thing I had scheduled on my birthday. I had at 4.30 that afternoon on the 21st, I had a meeting with some folks from Cornell University. And I had been testing this app called iVisor. And what it is, similar to seeing AI or Envision, where you take a picture of something and it describes the scene. And they needed some people to test it. And I started doing it before I went to Pittsburgh. And one of the issues that I had with it, which kind of sucked because, like I said, I was away for four or five days in the testing period, which was only two weeks. I was at the train station in Swarthmore, and I, I got this, what, what I thought was a great picture. I don't know 100% how great it was because I didn't send it to anybody. But the app couldn't get a Wi-Fi signal to give me feedback on it. And I thought I could go back in later and do it with any picture that I took, have it describe it to me. But that wasn't the case. So I didn't even bother sending those images in because basically what I had to do, I had to take a picture. It would then give me a description of what it was. And then I had to say where I took the picture, what I expected to get from the picture, and then give them any other kind of feedback. And when I took pictures of things, I kind of knew already what it was. And I wanted to know what it was because I wanted to know how accurate the image, um, the AI did on telling me what was in the image. So there were some that were way off. There is a, uh, in Studio B here, I have a metal sculpture that my parents bought for Liz and I years and years ago to go in our in that house in media that I was telling you. We had a nice big two-story vestibule area, uh, foyer, whatever you want to call it. And we had a, a pedestal and we put this sculpture on it, which I always loved. It kind of looks like a, um, almost looks like an award, <laughs> like a kind of modern take on an award. It's on this Lucite stand and it's just very cool. Kind of looks like, uh, I don't want to say like the World Cup, but kind of looks like a, something like that, a trophy or an award. Well, it, it said it was a sink. It doesn't look like a sink. Now, maybe what was reflected in the metal, because it's mostly like a chrome-covered uh, thing, maybe what's reflected in there made it look like that. Some of the things were spot on. Some of the things missed badly. And it was just very cool testing it. And at times, it was frustrating. But when I was away from home, I could not get it to work both at the train station. When I was going to Pittsburgh, I took one on the train uh, heading to Pittsburgh. And I got, even though there was Wi-Fi on the train, it said low internet, slow internet speed or something, try again later. So again, when I thought it said try again later, I thought I could resubmit it. I couldn't. 
And so I just kind of put it away and didn't really bother with it while I was in Pittsburgh. And I was hoping, and I, I did, I think I did try it once in the emergency room uh, to take a picture of <laughs> of my face and the blood. Um, but it didn't work there either. So I never sent those images in. So I had a bunch of images that I had to get back on track to take because they wanted me to take 20 pictures over the course of the two weeks. And I think I ended up taking 26 pictures. Um, again, I wanted to know what was in the picture so I could tell if it was accurate. So I met with uh, Jasmine and Ricardo and we talked about, they had questions about some of the pictures I took and why I took them and what, why I wanted to do it that way as opposed to a different way and how I felt about some of the results and why I didn't like it or I thought it was fine. And so it was just interesting. These are, uh, I think they're both uh, two PhD candidates uh, at Cornell. And uh, when, I, when I met with them the first time when I agreed to do it, I did an interview at the beginning and I said, oh, are you guys in Ithaca? Because Cornell, of course, is based in Ithaca. Jacob went to Ithaca College uh, on the other side of town in Ithaca. And we loved going up there. Liz and I loved going up there. And we were up there quite a bit uh, for the time that Jacob was in school up there. It was just a lot of fun going. We had great places to go. I may have mentioned Purity Ice Cream uh, more than once because <laughs> that was one of the places we went. And uh, just it was just always fun to go there. But uh, these guys were based in New York City. Uh, I think he said Roosevelt Island. Um, not 100% sure, but I think he said that. So, and again, I was familiar where they were, primarily because Jane was looking for an apartment and we were looking at places she wanted to be in and places she didn't want to be in. Uh, just an update on that real quick. <laughs> she did find a place. She signed a lease. She now has to go in front of a co-op board uh, sometime in early December to get approved by them. But she has a lease signed. Uh, it's a really nice place. It's a studio. It's on the Upper West Side. And um, there's... Uh, Subway close, and the apartment is very nice and bright, um, a decent-sized kitchen. There's closets that are the size of Studio C that we had in the uh, condo that we lived in around the corner from where I am now here in Swarthmore. So, in fact, they even had one of the closets set up as an office. Uh, but three nice-sized closets in there and a full-size kitchen. When I say full-size, I'm it's a little tiny nook, but it had a full-size fridge. It had a counter where you could actually do food prep, and it had a stove and an oven. She actually saw places that only had cooktops and no oven. Um, some of them had a stove and a cooktop, but the fridge was a dorm fridge with a tiny dorm-size freezer, which was just not not happening because there's just too many things that she gets either at Trader Joe's or Whole Foods or wherever that need to go into a freezer. And when you could put six items in or three items in, whatever it is to one of those small freezers, it's just not, it's, uh, that's a deal. That was a deal breaker. That and a lack of an oven were deal breakers. So she was happy with it, has a 24 hour doorman, which was a bonus, which she wanted to have, but she didn't think she'd be able to get it uh, in her range. So she's excited and uh, so that'll be moving forward in December. We'll help her move in towards the end of December, early January. Not 100% sure yet. Two more short things before I get out of here. One is White Canes Connect episode 52 has dropped. And as I alluded to last week, episode 52 is with someone named Goddess Johnson. 
and she uh, is the CEO of a company called Fight LLC. She helps blind and visually impaired folks that can get funding through places like BBVS to help her, to pay her to help you, whether it's mobility, whether it's uh, some other type of training, and um, it's just uh, her story is an incredible story of all the different things that have gone gone on with her in her life. Um, again, that's episode fifty two of White Canes Connect, and man, I got to get that website done. Uh, hopefully soon. I keep putting artificial <laughs> artificial deadlines and just keep missing them. So uh, you can find that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey. Uh, it's on YouTube now. So if you like to watch, well, if you like to listen on YouTube, you can do it there as well. It's just a static image. So there's nothing you'll be looking at while you're listening, but you can listen on YouTube. So if you have uh, the capabilities, for example, like I sometimes watch YouTube via my cable system, uh, if you have that capability and you just want to put that on while you're doing something in, in a room, you can do that as well. And of course, you can listen on the Google devices and Echo devices from Amazon just by saying, play White Canes Connect. And it should start. So give it a try. Again, that's White Canes Connect, episode 52. Lastly, I have this week's Just Listen. And because I didn't really do too much and I didn't want to record at my eye appointment, so I went outside with Ziggy. And I did this because when we went over to our former neighborhood media, I couldn't get over how quiet it was there. And we are right near 476 there, but for whatever reason, the time we were there, it was just very, very quiet. You could just hear the birds chirping, cars driving by on another road, just a two-lane road uh, in the back of our development or what was our development. So yesterday when I went outside with Siggy, I just recorded what was going on while he was walking around to do his business or to dig some holes, whatever he was going to do. I, I, don't remember what, <laughs> I don't remember what he did while we were out there. But in this week's Just Listen, it's me outside with Ziggy and a plane flying and some other equipment and Ziggy walking through some leaves. So here it is. This week's Just Listen. I know it wasn't as exciting as last week's Just Listen in the ambulance and in the emergency room in Pittsburgh, but it was something and it was what I experienced this week. <laughs> so there you have it. I really do appreciate you listening to episode 207 of I Can't See You. Please reach out with questions, comments, show ideas, tips if you're blind or visually impaired that may help other blind folks do things a better way. You can reach out via phone 646 926 
6350. You have up to three minutes to leave your name and town and whatever you've got to say. I would really appreciate it, and I'll use that on an upcoming episode. Again, 646-926-6350. You can also email me at podcast at gmail.com. podcast at gmail.com. Please tell me whatever you want to tell me. You like this, you hate this, whatever. Let me know. Tips, tricks, uh, questions, comments, show ideas, ratings, reviews, please reach out. Again, I can't see you podcast at gmail.com. As usual, you can find the show notes over on the website, I can't see you.com slash 207. I can't see you sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I C A N T C U.com slash 207. And that's where you'll find the links to the information I told you about Myopic Degeneration, there is a great article there from the University of Michigan, like I said. So go have a look at the show notes. Again, ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 207. Thanks again for listening to episode 207 of I Can't See You. I really do appreciate it. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Be well, stay safe, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.